welcome to another episode of Shenanigans with Shoop and Shaul. I miss you, Adam. It's been a long two weeks. How have you been, buddy? I've been all right, man. Went uh, to Florida for a night and uh, to Palm Beach. So I just got back yesterday, so a little tired still. Look at you, and and still, still as pale as ever. Nothing <laughs> changed. Well, we got a bit of a change of guard in the NFC North, which is the division that is on tap today for our discussion. That changing of the guard comes as Aaron Rodgers has parted from the division for the, and for the first time in almost two and a half decades, the Packers no longer have an established elite quarterback at their helm. So let's just jump right into it and let's talk about those Green Bay Packers. So first year of the full Jordan Love experiment. As you guys all know, Jordan Love was drafted about three years ago as a first round pick, taking over the likes of T. Higgins and other potential wide receivers that could have helped Rodgers. And the story goes now, Rodgers has left. Love has his time to shine, just like Rodgers had his three years of waiting. But there's very little sample size from Jordan Love. So I want to know from you, Mr. Shaul, what are your expectations for him? How do you think he's going to do in his first full season? I don't have high expectations, to be honest with you. I mean, he's a different quarterback. He's got a different skill set. Um, he's been out there. They've given him reps, and he didn't win anything. I mean, he. I don't want to say he was given the opportunity to, to take you know the spot, but he definitely didn't show anything. Granted, Rodgers didn't show a lot either, but Rodgers was always still an accurate passer coming out of college. Rodgers was a pocket passer, um, a little bit more in the style of, of what was already there with Farber. And uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, I think it was a little bit, I don't want to say easier for Rodgers to step in there. Um, but Rodgers, you got to say, like, carry that team. Is Love going to carry the Packers? I mean, their defense has always been kind of suspect, giving up a lot of yards, giving up plays. I wouldn't say they gave up a lot of points, but, you know, you knew Rodgers was going to take up a lot of time of possession. Rodgers was, you know, might have a turnover here or there, but it wasn't going to be, like, inside his own 20. You know, he was going to basically throw a long ball that was equivalent to a punt a lot of times, you know. And so the defense could kind of give up a little bit of yards just to give the offensive break, which you don't hear that too often. And I just don't think Love, I mean, unless he's the type, he has a Lamar Jackson type running for converting third downs um, that the uh, coaching staff, keeps it simple but i mean rogers was calling plays at the line rogers was was doing everything you know he was an offensive coordinator you know there which was a lot of the headache for that coaching staff so i think um love's got love's got a lot to carry including that coaching staff they wanted him i feel like they wanted rogers out they wanted to prove themselves right for drafting love three years ago yeah 
it's like the sunk cost fallacy essentially see the the packers in the limited action that love has gotten he hasn't performed exceptionally well he hasn't been all that terrible either it's just nothing really to to shout at uh i feel like and very interesting the comments that were made a few days ago saying that we're gonna basically get a half of a season to see if love is really the guy that was so, crazy so it's not it wasn't that full faith in him i mean it's like go get it buddy go do it uh there's there's very little confidence I have in Love, and a lot of that comes down to his supporting cast. As Rodgers would elevate his supporting cast, Love doesn't particularly do that, and his receivers are all talented, but they're young. They drafted a couple of tight ends and a receiver in the draft this year, and their top two receivers going into this coming year are both rookies from last year. You co- combine that with a very good running game, but you know a, an okay offensive line. It's going to, the only way that the Packers have a chance to sniff the playoffs this year is if their young defensive studs take some steps forward, and especially on that defensive front. You know they drafted Lucas Van Ness. Uh, they had Wyatt from last year. Quay Walker made tons of plays, but was probably the most undisciplined player in the league. And they have a good secondary. They got some really good pieces. Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas make a very good corner duo. But the the front is not good enough to consider that an elite defense. They have to step up because they're, the only way they're going to win a lot of games this year is keep it close and run the ball. That's the only way I see it happening. Yeah, I mean, they still got Aaron Jones. So, But I, I question, like you question the uh, defensive line. I question the offensive line. You know they they're kind of solidified on on the left side, but that whole right side is up for grabs, man. There's definitely competition battles uh, at right guard and right tackle, and that center of theirs is definitely suspect. Um, so I would say, like you said, I agree. They, they've got to run the ball and play defense, but really they're in rebuild mode. I honestly think that the Packers are in full out rebuild mode. They didn't go sign any major free agents. Nobody. They, absolutely nobody. nobody. So I mean they got no big name free. They didn't do nothing. So I think they, you know, and I wonder if that coach is even going to be around. So um that coaching staff. But I mean if they can get six or seven wins, I just don't see six or seven wins. Uh they're they're the the new bears of the of the bunch. <laughs> Three nope. wins. Yeah. I, I could be very possible. I say th- Could have a very poor season. Maybe one of their worst in a very long time. You know, it's it's funny that we talk about changing the guard, which there kind of is, uh, but they weren't. The Packers were not the division champs last year. That would go to the Minnesota Vikings, who had a very good 13-4 and record, but a not-so-good negative point differential. They played so many one-score one games last year, and people were calling them all season the flukiest, 12 and 14 of all time, 12 and 2, 13 and 4, you know, whatever record they were, they were a fluky team. And then they went on to get trounced in the first round of the playoffs. So, how do the Vikings build off of that? Well, lots of cap space clearing decisions, all due to the horrible albatross of a contract they gave to Kirk Cousins years ago that is still haunting them because they can't keep any of their talents. Dalvin Cook's gone. Dalvin Tomlinson, Eric Kendricks, Zadarius Smith, and um, 
Thielen. Peterson, the corners. I'm feeling too. That's so it. now with those with those guys gone, and I mean, what was a very terrible defense last year that they made a, a few acquisitions on, but uh, do the Vikings now, do they have the ability to take the reins of this division going forward for future seasons? Personally, I kind of believed everybody else. This division was weak last year. I mean, it was it was not good, even with Rodgers in it. And the cha- and I agree, changing the guard. At the Ro- Packers are just going to be – they finished third in the division. Lions finished second. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, honestly, I just feel like the Vikings – I don't want to say got lucky. They're a good team. They had a lot of good players last year. They're not last year's team. They got decimated at cornerback. Um, they're going to – the only thing they have really going for them is that this is probably the worst division of quarterbacks in the entire league across the board. Golf, Fields, Love, Cousins are all like mediocre, middle of the pack quarterbacks. The so, NFC I mean, South would like to have a word, but continue. <laughs> so, well, I don't like Cousins. I mean, I'm out here in DC area in Maryland. And I was never a Cousins fan. Even all these years on the Vikings, I'm still not a Cousins like believer. And so I think this is like the perfect storm for them. Go in there thinking they got something to win, have a little confidence under their belt, coming off a season of a division win, losing all these players. I just don't see a locker room that can gel from last year and be a 13-win season. I mean, they might win it win the division with 10 games, but I just do not see this team. I mean, Thielen and Cook were a great duo. And then, you know, but they lose four cornerbacks. I mean, it's just unheard of to to, to replace that level of at one position. Well, our caveat, the caveat with that was how horrific the Vikings pass defense was last year anyway. So, it's like, yeah, a lot of personnel out the door, but it's not a lot of great personnel. I mean, you got Patrick Peterson, who was a sh- shutdown corner for years. Not really, he didn't really play to his best self last year, although he was by far better than the other guys that are on that team. Um, the question becomes: Did the Vikings do enough to replace that position? So they bring in Byron Murphy from Arizona, who had a very solid year last year. Uh, he can can he step in and be that number one guy and uh you know he doesn't have a ton of weak i mean ton of strong receivers in his division but he also he's he's gonna have to you know go up against the likes of aj brown and uh, cooper cup in the playoffs potentially so uh do the vikings have enough on that significantly improve so that's 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 the tough part um you know strengths for the vikings the uh the offensive line is absolutely fantastic. Great set of, great set of tackle with Darisaw and O'Neal. And the offense should still be explosive with uh you know Madison. I think he'll fill in for Cook with without much of a need or, or thought of missing Cook at all. Uh Thielen was on his last legs anyway. Jordan Addison, who apparently loves speed, should show that speed on the field. Uh, during this season, of course, JJ is going to get his. Hawkinson's going to get plenty of opportunities over the middle, but it's can they stop anybody? Uh, wh- where do you see the Vikings going this season? 
I mean, I see him as first or second. It's going to be – it's a two-horse race against them and the Lions. I agree. It's really their defense. These new cornerbacks are going to be an all on, on an island with, you know, new defensive coordinator Brian Flores. I mean, he's going to – he likes to leave his guys out on the island. He did that in Miami. So that now the question is they can't be on an island forever. Is he going to get to the quarterback? Who are their edge rushers? I agree. They got – they have – Wide receiver for days between, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, which we haven't seen Jordan anything from him yet. I mean, I want to see that guy's hands. He's fast. He's good. But, I mean, Cousins ain't throwing the best ball, you know. And so a lot of <laughs> Jefferson's catches were uh, were acrobatic and, and pretty remarkable. Um, and I, I do think Cook is a big loss. I think that. He was good not only out of the backfield, but catching the ball. I think he was one of those special type players that that was a difference maker. You know, I think that you have to have those types of difference makers. I think Thielen, while, yes, he was on his last leg and injury prone and, and had some issues, that man's hands were like stick them from the 80s, dude, you know. Yeah. And so while they're not as bad on offense or bigger losses, like I agree, I think it's probably a little bit bigger losses than you on offense. I still think throwing two new corners in a system with a new defensive coordinator and no edge rushers and no way to get to the quarterback. I think this is just a bad, bad storm. I th But I still think, you know, you got the bears and the Packers in this division. And so they can easily still finish first and or second. Yeah. Uh, I think the Vikings will still win a handful of games in terms of pass rush. Marcus Davenport was signed over from the Saints, who's he's had an okay career so far. Can he take that next level as some pass rushers do on their second team? That'll be a huge key for the Vikings going forward. So um, let's talk about that other team you mentioned as a division title contender, the Detroit Lions. Lions started out one and six last year and looking like the same old Lions once again, but things took a turn for the extraordinary. Lions went on a tear to end the season going nine and eight and two and making remarkable changes on both sides of the ball looking like looking way better on offense and defense and lines are starting to get a little bit of hype from the media which is un unheard of i mean they get the uh, opening game of the season against the chiefs which the nfl wouldn't just put any team in the opening game of the season so it's got to mean something right uh but are you buying into this Lions hype at all? Actually, I am. I uh, I like Dan Campbell. I think it's hard to like the Lions. I get it. They've been bad for so long, just so goddamn long. <laughs> and it's just hard to really believe. But I feel like they're gritty. I really like that the, the mold of this team is running back, you know, protecting the ball. Um I think that they've had a little bit of the regular Lions offseason drama with the Jameson Williams gambling type of thing. But I think this team has gelled from the last, like you said, going eight and two at the end of the year. I think that um, keeping the defensive and offensive coordinator uh, was crucial. I think they made a lot of changes. You know, one thing I like, and I think is – not talked about enough in football is not just changing at halftime, 
but changing like midseason. Like where where do you go that those last eight games? Where do you go and and finish out a season? Because that's the hardest one. I mean, as a Ravens fan, we're always right out of the block, winning a bunch of games early in the season. And at the end of the season, when time comes and the playoffs come, you know, you can put up all the wins the first 10 games, you know, eight or 10 games, but it's how you finish the season. And I think this team did a lot in the offseason at, at, uh, on the defense as well, at cornerbacks, depth defensive backs, at safety. Um, I think they are a grounded out, pounded type of team molded in, in Campbell's looks. Um, I also love the, uh, the two Iowa guys. Uh, as a Big Ten fan, um, the linebacker Jack Campbell and the tight end Sam Laporta from Iowa, I think are heads and tails two of the best at their position and two bona fide starters and two guys who are going to, again, fit that mold of just rough and tough. And I think they're going to beat the shit out of this fucking league this year, to be honest with you. I think they're going to knock people's heads off. I think they're going to um, come in there with their lunge pail. And this this division is open, you know. And I think that it's really them and the Vikings. And granted, you know, Vikings have the history. I think the Vikings have, a you know, a little bit more confidence probably. And the Lions have something to prove. Yeah, true. That's, that's some heavy belief in a team that's never made it to the playoffs, never won a playoff game. Um, a lot of hate on that quarterback. I mean, it's a it's a bold prediction. So I'm gonna make it even bolder. Uh, I promised on the on our last show that I would uh, declare a surprise Super Bowl winner, and it is right here is the Detroit Lions. I have them as my underdog Super Bowl winner, and I'm probably going to be placing a Super Bowl wager on them this season. And let me explain exactly why if Adam didn't do it already good enough for you. The Lions, if you look up and down this roster at all the starting positions. Where is their weakness? It, where Where is their weakness? Starting on offense. So Jared Goff, we've seen that Goff excels when he has all the right pieces around him. And in this case, does he have those pieces? Well, you start running back, even though they lost Swift and Williams, they replaced them with basically just two more healthy replacements. Yeah. Uh, David Montgomery will be that goal line hammer to replace Jamal Williams, who was probably asking for too much money that the Lions could offer. And uh, Jameer Gibbs is going to be an exciting prospect. You know, some people debate whether they reach for him at 12, but whether they reach for him or not, he's going to fit in right on that offense. And he's got Alvin Kamara-like ability in his first few years where he can go the distance anytime he touches the ball. They wanted Swift to be like that, but Swift couldn't stay on the field and they never got that out of him. So having those two running backs in the fold, you combine that with at wide receiver, how how well Amon Ra St. Brown played last year when he was healthy. He took a another step onto his already great rookie year. Jamison Williams is a shame that he got suspended for the first six games of the season, but he's also, you know, still recovering from knee injury. This is give him more time to recover and come in for the later part of the season. And when once that happens. This line's offense will be absolutely explosive, partly because of how great the offensive line is. They're extremely well protected. Taylor Decker at left at right tackle, Panay Sua left tackle has been tremendous since he came into the league. Their interior with Jonah Jackson, 
and Frank Ragnow at center is absolutely great. But then you're like, wait, what about the defense? The defense was absolutely poor last year. It's half true. So in the first half of the season, they gave up an astounding almost 31 points a game on defense. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't stop the run, they couldn't stop the pass. There were these high scoring games. It was it was a mess on that side of the ball with a lot of young players. And then after week nine, when they started going on that seven two run, it dropped ten points down to twenty point two points per game. A lot of that has to do with a lot of young guys stepping up. So you got Aiden Hutchinson, star pass rusher, and then uh, James Houston. Another rookie came out of nowhere and became a beast on that line. He'll rotate with Charles Harris to form a very formidable duo at pass rush. You got Alan McNeil at defensive tackle, who had a lot of very nice moments last year. At linebacker, you mentioned Jack Campbell. He'll step in. He'll be the starter next to Alex Anzalone, who's, who's fine, but he's certainly not a weakness. And then you look at that secondary. Secondary was a huge issue last year. So what do they do? They go out and get some upgrades. Cameron Sutton from the Steelers. Emmanuel Mosley from the 49ers. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who suffered a leg injury, but it looks not to be serious, so he should be playing this season. And then at safety, they had Brian Branch in the draft, who many thought could go in the first round, goes in the second round. The Lions just, all the draft picks were not, were kind of reaches, but they all fit needs that they had and if those guys are all even decently what they were hyped up to be then this Lions team is complete from top to bottom and I haven't even mentioned the best part of this team which is Dan freaking Campbell my favorite coach in the NFL right now he <laughs> he came in he was like known as a rah-rah guy but he gets the absolute most out of his players and he has transformed the Lions culture in a way that I don't think any other coach could possibly do He's made it fun to play and fun to root for the Lions. So with the way the NFC is shaping up this year with not a ton of competition at the top, not a lot of explosive offenses, I really, I love the Lions. And I don't just love the Lions to win the division. I love them to go deep in the playoffs. I think if the Lions matched up with the Eagles in the NFC Championship, I think there's an extremely good chance the Lions win. The Eagles' biggest weakness is in the secondary this coming season, and the Lions have two very explosive receivers that can take advantage of that. The Eagles' strength is their pass rush. Lions have a great offensive line to combat it. So I think the Stars might be aligning in Detroit this season. You know, I don't know necessarily that they go on to defeat whoever they play in the AFC, but it them making it out of the NFC, it certainly wouldn't shock me. I think you really did a great analysis, I think, uh, top to bottom. And I, I really don't think yeah, – I know I made fun of the quarterbacks in this in this division. They're, they're not as bad in golf being one of the better ones. And he's not a – he's not going to win it, but he's definitely not going to lose it. And they have so many other pieces. And I think Campbell, like you said, I, I spoke on it before, I don't think he's just a rah-rah guy. I think he had a lot. He's got a lot to offer, and he had a lot to overcome in changing that uh, that culture there. So, no, I'm excited. And like you said, I'm excited to watch the Lions, man. I'm excited to root for them. We are, I think, any NFL fan, if you haven't been paying attention, the, this like what the, what the Lions are doing, you should. And we're going to see it right out of the gate. 
like obviously don't have Jameson Williams there, but we're going to see right out of the gate what this team is capable of against the former Super Bowl champions. So uh, moving on to the last team in the division. So the Bears happened to have the, uh, the worst record in the NFL last year, but it wasn't all bad for them because their coaching staff realized maybe like four or five games this season, like, hmm, maybe we should try to create some plays for Justin Fields. You know, we drafted him for his rushing ability, right? Why don't we try giving him some chances to make some plays? What happened? Fields absolutely electrified the NFL. Like, it was incredible to watch him go back five yards in the pocket, scramble out of a packed pass rush, and just find his way 60 yards down the field. He must have done this like five different times throughout the season. He did it multiple times in the same game, too, against the Dolphins. He did it against the Lions as well. He had that big run on uh, Thursday night football as well. So Fields is going to be everyone's favorite fantasy quarterback this year. But in real life, does Fields <laughs> – do you think that with now the addition of DJ Moore that – Fields passing game can take a step up. I do. I do. I think uh, they did a lot for him on the passing game besides DJ Moore, who I love from Maryland, by the way, big Maryland guy. Um, He's a beast. I think he's going to help him out a lot, not just over the middle. I mean, he can take the top off the defense. He can do, you know, crossing routes. He can go out routes. I mean, he's, he's a great, great, great piece for fields and he's going to be his wet blanket. They got two rooks and Tyler Scott and Robert uh, Tanyan, who I think are going to fight and keep that, you know, Claypool and Mooney honest. And so you got five wide receivers all vying to, to, to get good passes. I mean, I think he's definitely very lucky with that. The biggest thing I think Fields has a problem for that's not helping him is that they're running game. They have three no-name running backs. And – if they can actually figure out like they did with fields and say, well, this guy's this, this piece is this Swiss army knife and this piece is this Swiss army knife and use them correctly. And nobody's the starter and can get them to buy in and get them having, you know, two running backs on the field at the same time, doing some misdirection, doing, you know, some fun plays with him, you know, doing a little bit of that college, maybe option offense. I don't know. They're going to have to find something else to get this, this offense spark. Because, you know, it's really nice to draft in the trenches and it's really nice to build a, a team, which I think they're building, but I think they're like three years off. You know, I think that there may be two to three years still for this team to really build through the draft and build what they want. I'm not sold on on uh, the coach Everflins, whatever his name is, um, mm-hmm. as much as you are and making those changes. Um, I think he's a little bit too into himself and his like system. Granted, he took the blinders off and gave Fields some more wiggle room, but he kind of had to. I mean, it wasn't like they did these great design plays. It was more like, yo, Fields, okay, it's okay. You, you know, if the pocket breaks down, run. I mean, a lot of it was out of desperation, and maybe they just kind of took the training wheels off. I watched, I mean, I saw some plays where, you know, it was design runs, um, but I don't feel like they did it to get first downs. They did it to keep the offense, that'd be the defenses honest. And then when it broke down in passing plays, feels just like, well, I'm allowed to run now. You know, they're giving me 
runs on first and second down. Now, all of a sudden, I'm in third down, and like always, everything's breaking down. I'm just going to go for it. I'm not going to wait to get my ass kicked. I'm going to – I think it was kind of just – they took the training wheels off, and everybody was like – once he did it a few times, like you said, they were like, oh, yeah, let's do this again, you know? Um, I think he – if they embrace it like Jalen Hurts, um, more so than than – the Ravens and Lamar and they did more of a, the, the Jalen hurts type of designed offense. And, and they take the off season to do that and they get a little bit more creative. Now I'm hoping the Ravens do that with Lamar. I'm hoping that they run him in a very creative way and, and run a lot of short intermediate routes and do a lot of good wide receiver routes to open up the running lanes and if they design good plays like that, um, but I'm a little bit concerned in this head coach's ability. I think he wants to throw the ball down the field. I think he wants to 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 get all the hit all the home runs. And I just worry that Fields just isn't there yet. And I think his, the run game needs to open up the passing game. I think this short intermediate passing game. And I think then you'll be able to do that. But they're not the Eagles, dude. They don't got eight round lining up on the side. You know what I'm saying? They can't. You can't. I, I keep saying. I mean, I know I'm referencing two other, two other um, running quarterbacks, but I mean, yeah, it's just uh, they they got a lot of work. Well, look, like the if the Bears coaching staff would be smart to recognize the fact that defenses will probably be keying in on fields running this season and they'll probably be forcing him to take more shots. So if they can work that into the game plan, I think it would be beneficial. You know, it's a matter of can fields make those throws or not. Um, I kind of like the Bears as a sneaky playoff contender. I don't think they're going to win a playoff game, but I think they can come close to maybe like a game or two out of the wild card. And a couple of reasons for that. Uh, they made some... They had a ton of money to spend this offseason. It wasn't just going to get the first overall pick or trading. They traded the first overall pick and got resources, but they also had a ton of cap space. They used it to sign two really good linebackers and TJ Edwards and Shermaine Edmonds. And they signed guard Nate Davis from the Titans, who I think was the best guard on the market. So for, for one, uh, they get help on defense that they were sorely needing. And they get another blocker for Justin Fields, who endured some horrible blocking last year. They also drafted a tackle in the first round. And, of course, as mentioned, he finally gets a, a decent receiver, not Chase Claypool, waste of a second-round pick, but DJ Moore, who will automatically make all the receivers on his team better and get them more open in space and make the offense a lot better. Uh, the defense still definitely has some glaring holes. They really don't have much of a pass rush at all. Uh, they have some pieces in that secondary. Eddie Jackson is, is the veteran of that group. And Jalen Johnson played very well at outside corner, but they, uh, I think they're looking for a big step up from Kyler Gordon this year. Uh, the Bears aren't going to be necessarily uh, feared opponents but they can take advantage of what is a pretty soft schedule. I mean, they get the advantage of playing both Washington and Arizona as uh, outer NFC division po- opponents who maybe two of the worst teams in the league, 
They have their the soft teams in their division. Uh, they get to play the NFC South. So there are a lot of winnable games on this schedule. So I'm projecting Chicago as like a seven and ten, eight and nine team. But if they get if Fields is able to sling the ball more than he did last season, it'll open up more ability for him to have those big running plays. And this could be a very good offense. I mean, we don't know. I don't I don't necessarily see them as division champions or anything, but I think they'll unseat or the Packers will unseat them in the bottom of the division this year. So I yes. got it. I got Lions. I got Vikings at nine and eight, Bears at eight and nine, Packers like five and twelve. Yeah, that's a pretty good prediction. Um, I just and you know, you gotta the Bears are 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 like taking the uh the throne of most poorly run team in the league from, from the, D- the Detroit Lions for years. I mean, the Bears front office, I just feel like every time you want to give them credit, oh, where they're building in the trenches, oh, they got fields, or oh, they got this, and then it just seems to flop, you know? And I just think that it, they're, like my two-year, three-year prediction is is kind of bullshit because <laughs> there could be a new coach and a new GM in that time after losing – Raquan Smith to the to the Ravens like they did after just I don't know I just think that I I agree with you they could they're definitely firm third seat but for them to take the second seat I think is more of the Vikings wheels coming off than the Bears taking it I agree yes. with you that eight eight nine and they both can slip it and and. And Vikings can can uh, can just fuck it up enough for the for the Bears to get there, but I don't see the Bears taking the step up, you know. And so, but we'll see. I'm a huge DJ Moore fan. It just takes more than that, you know. They don't have one of these running. Maybe one of these running backs is, and I'm wrong. Maybe you know. Maybe I'm wrong with 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 Homer or Foreman at running back. Well, I just maybe think, uh, Cleo Herbert who. They were giving more carry to carries to than Montgomery at the end of the year last year. They're expecting him to take a big step up. Uh, but he probably will he get the full workload? Probably not. He'll probably mix in with Foreman and Homer. Yeah, I mean, I know Herbert, and I remember I, I know that, but I still don't. They can't run the same plays they did for Montgomery for Herbert. You know, no. they got to his advantages, and they didn't last year. They just basically swapped him out. And Herbert was getting a little bit extra run in that shitty line behind that shitty line, you know. So he was getting an extra yard or two, I feel like, and wasn't really that much better. And Montgomery just, I think Montgomery's just beaten down after all these years. And I think he just the will to fucking run through that line, that shitty line, and mm-hmm. the will, to, you know, continue to block and take on blockers constantly on third down and nothing happening. I think he just. I just think he was a little bit overwhelmed or, or just pissed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll we'll see how, how it shakes out for all these teams this year. But we are pretty much out of time on this episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I hope you guys liked my old Super Bowl pick, and I stand by it. I was a little nervous I- about this CJ injury, but um, 
luckily he's not too hurt. So still standing by it. We got the uh, the amazing NFC South coming up next. Oh boy, can't wait to break down that one. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, thank you for joining us. I am Shoop. I'm Shaul. And we will see you next time.